Hello, friends. It's that time again. Jeff Stuckey in the shotgun position. Greg Allen, hands on the wheels. Wheel, not wheels. <laughs> hands on the wheel. That's right. How are you this morning? I'm doing great today. It's a beautiful day. It is beautiful. If you like 9,000 degree humidity and fucking... <laughs> It's not beautiful. Dude. Well, it was good at six thirty this morning. How about that? I, I'm gonna have to disagree with you because I usually go to the gym. I get done at the gym at six, and then I'll go home and I'll sit out on the back patio mm. and commune with nature. Mm-hmm. And uh, dude, I couldn't stop. It, like yeah. the sweating didn't stop. It still yeah. just was like, well, this isn't. Yeah, you just got to give into it for that moment. Sweat and know you're gonna need a shower before you go to your next thing. Well, I was gonna shower anyway, but it's like usually I get because I'm a I'm one of those like guys, like if I shower, I usually have to work out. I got like 45 minute cool down time. Oh, because if I just jump in the shower, I'll sweat white. Yeah, fucking, right, right. There's there's no point in that. So yeah. I got, you know, I'm big boned, right? Mm-hmm. So us big boned people. Uh, I don't know if that's the correlation or not, but it's like, but the sweaty guys out there, you know who you are. We're, we're in the same tribe. I, I got to cool down or taking yeah. a shower is futile. Then okay. I, and I've had to rush sometimes and I put my underwear on and I sweat through sweat. my underwear and that fucking sucks, man. So anyway, uh, all that to say it, I don't think it's a beautiful day. Okay. Well, then we'll just agree to disagree on that. One. Fair enough. I, and, uh, I can deal so with it. Uh, you, you hesitantly suggested that we may have small talk with Greg. Uh, I, yeah. You know, I, what? so that then means we're totally fucking having small talk with Greg because <laughs> this means that this could be weird. And so therefore we have to do it. I wish we, we got to find some music to introduce like some kind of like, is it like a circus music? No, 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 Small talk with Greg. Yeah. A couple of days a week, uh, my wife and I schedule a line such that, uh, when I'm coming back upstairs to get ready, she's getting out of bed and getting ready. And I usually make a comment like, Oh, look, there's a naked woman in my bathroom or like this morning, there's a, a, a topless woman in my closet, you oh, know, yeah. and I just think that's fun, you know, and I say, I bet you all guys wish they had that, you know, this is a good life. Yeah. So, you know, we laugh about that, except for uh, when I was leaving this morning, we have some folks painting our house. So as I'm leaving there, they're talking to one another and, uh, and they don't understand, they don't know that I can understand some of what they're saying, but uh, one of them hollered down, uh, hey, senor, su hija, tenga esposo. <laughs> And, and then they all laughing, you know, and I walk off because I didn't want to, I mean, I was late getting here. <laughs> and, uh, but what he said was, is, uh, your daughter, does she have a husband? <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, what's he talking about? Because, but as it turns out, you know, there's windows in all the bedrooms, the laundry room, the bathroom, and on the second floor, so they don't have window treatments that are totally shut. Uh, so these guys are standing on the first floor roof, looking in our second floor window, and wanting to know if my daughter was married. Uh, was she topless at the time? That's uh, my assumption. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and she's totally uh, uninhibited by, by that sort of thing. You know, not to say that she would stand in front of the window naked. I'm just saying that it's not like, you know, I mean, me, if I go from the bathroom to the closet, I'm going to wear a towel or something, you uh, know, but uh, but she's just living life large, you know, and free and stuff. And That's how she rolls, right? Yeah. That's some good small talk right there. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that would work. Your skills or not. Are, are rapidly advancing. Okay. Because I am now 
as you know, a despiser of small talk. Mm-hmm. But these little gems that you're bringing in, I'm actually getting like sucked into. Oh, good. Like what's, yeah. And I think you're, are you trying this in other contexts or have you not unleashed I, I, it on the public yet? I have tried and, uh, you know, it hasn't gone well. One person said, so why did you tell me this? And I'm thinking, well, maybe it was successful, but it didn't lead to any further <laughs> right. conversation. Well, for you, that would be a win, right? You're yes, just, yes, thank you. <laughs> like, like, oh, we don't have to talk anymore. Yeah, they Solid. left. Yeah. But, um, but what helped the most is is staying shallow and staying short. Those are the two things you told me. There you go. And just the idea of it being meaningless. Like, I'm thinking if we're going to waste our time or let me say, spend our time together. Why not? Uh, yeah, something of value, but that's misses the whole point. <laughs> no, despite the fact that we are dying one minute at a time, <laughs> we want to spend those minutes in fucking meaningless conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. And that's why we drink. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, well, so having said that, uh, what's our topic today? Yeah, so that's good. Uh the the idea of drinking, uh, the alcohol. idea of it, yeah. Not we're not going to drink. Well, let me just tell you that the behavior of drinking is way better than the idea of drinking. <laughs> well, but that, anyway, continue, please. Yeah, but we have to merge those because we got to sort out the the why and you know whatever reason for doing what we're doing. So okay. we got we got to take that step back. But anyway, we just want to see how that fits into a man-made man's life in a in a healthy way. Yeah. Um, so you know, because we can do it right and we can do it wrong. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> so, uh, am I supposed to? I ain't on the hook for saying what's the right way to do it, am I? Oh no, that's too much fucking responsibility. Yeah, well, no. Jeff said like, no, no, no. <laughs> right, this right. could just go really, really bad. Yeah, we just want to throw it out there, get the conversation started, and then if anybody hears something and say, hey, I, I might want to try and make adjustments, or I may want to write something crazy back to these guys, then, then that's a that's successful there. Okay. Yeah, I've always found. I don't know. I'll say this country. I don't know if that's the right reference, but their attitude towards drinking, interesting to say the Mm -hmm. least. Mm -hmm. And I, I was raised, my mother, my mother's father essentially drank himself to death. Mm. And so he was uh, the most extreme of alcoholics. And so you can imagine you know, that was the ultimate sin for me growing up. Mm-hmm. So um, that that was kind of just my initial exposure, you know, and we were staunchly religious. So we'd look mm-hmm. down on, I remember thinking that liquor stores were like, just almost like, like a whorehouse, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, like yeah. only despicable people would go mm-hmm. to such a place. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that that was the the framework in which then I go into starting to do my graduate work. Oh, then like when we, you know then so you go from looking at alcohol from a religious perspective to then looking at it from a clinical perspective mm-hmm. and so then you start to get all of these and it's interesting cuz there's no real you know, there's like a bunch of rules of thumb, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, yeah. you know, 
two drinks a day for a man, one drink for a woman is healthy. Mm -hmm. Like, again, there we go. Like, yeah, if I'm a woman, I'm like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to be oppressed by your drinking standards. If you get two, I get two. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. Not know. really the the point, Am but I, I see how. It's, so that's anyway. Yeah. That's, that's a different podcast. So, um, so my yeah. So your let's hear your story, Mister Alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. So Jeff will uh, argue with me anytime I say I'm an alcoholic, but uh, that is just that's just a matter of definition. So how you define it, 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 maybe it might suit you better to say that I have addictive tendencies or addictive personality, behavior, whatever the word is, you know. Uh, so if I start something and a little bit is good, then more is better. And so I, that, that could be okay in some things, in, in exercise, you know, maybe in studying something. But in drinking, that did not work for me because <laughs> more wasn't better. Um, and then I, I noticed that at some point that other people would stop drinking at a certain time of the evening or whatever. And then, but I didn't and couldn't. So, um, I felt comfortable labeling that, uh, as an alcoholic, you know, um, among other clinical descriptions of that term, it made me comfortable saying, okay, well, I need to quit this, you know? So that was 28 years ago. And so I, I seemed to function better, (laughs) you know, with no alcohol, because there's no, um, there's no way to say, well, one drink, you know, or a couple of drinks. Yeah. People that love me even have said, well, you can have one drink, that doesn't hurt anybody. So, well, yeah, but it's what follows that one in, in my situation. So we're just not going to do that. Um, so yeah, I, and I don't, um, you know, judge people that do, you know, that's, that's their choice. And it, if it works for them, that's good. If it doesn't, well, then maybe they need to address that. But well, and I think you illustrate probably the the single most significant aspect is when it comes to drinking, there's not a one size fits all. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's, it's, it, the impetus really is on know thyself mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what you can handle, what you can't handle. Yeah. I, I've, I find it curious. There's a couple of things that I find curious about our culture in particular. But humanity has always had a preoccupation with altered states of consciousness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, always. Every civilization. And it was largely associated with some sort of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those things were psychedelic in nature, would cause some sort of hallucinogenic experience. And there was some something gained from the experience. Mm-hmm. And it, it's still that, you know, I've heard many intellects, academics talk about their experience with psilocybin or with DMT or with ayahuasca or, or these kind of, you know, these, these hallucinogenics that just kind of take you beyond yourself, mm-hmm. if you will. And... So, so once I started to get exposed to that, I backed off of those presuppositions about alcohol from my religious experience and then into my clinical experience. And it's like, okay, uh, 
You know, these things are not absolutes. You know, they're not absolutely good. They're not absolutely bad. It's, again, dependent on the individual Mm -hmm. to know what, what they can do you know, what, what they can handle. And uh, the, the position that I've always adopted was, you know, clinically, when we look at something that we're talking about, you know, is it pathological? You know, the mm-hmm. thing that we measure for uh, pathology is impairment. Is this, whatever this is, impairing your ability to function in certain areas of your life, you yeah. know? So, so that would be the, the equation, and then the variable would be whatever that is. Yeah, is yeah. your depression impairing your ability to function in life? Is your anxiety impairing your, is it, you know, yeah. ad nauseum? Yeah, and that's a, a call it a, a pragmatic type approach. It's focusing on the behavior, as you pointed out earlier. I, I like to step back from that and look at the at the why, like what would cause you to do that? So you said early on, or in some societies, people did it for their own personal benefit, some kind of uh, enlightenment type thing. Well, I think your apostle Paul even, <laughs> like somewhere, yeah. he wine said, take wine for your infirmaries, that's, man. That's right. If you're feeling shitty, drink some wine. That's so, right. So we can't say that Paul Jesus' say, first miracle, he did not break the party up and say, hey, go home. He said... Let's go, motherfuckers. Here comes the bat. I mean, he didn't say that. Well, but. you're paraphrasing. Huh? Yes. And apologies. see, that that's a good point because we won't look to, to Scripture to say, where's a rule to say drink or not? Because we'll find too many places where it, uh, alcohol was uh, promoted like right. that, you know? I always but, thought it was funny because people would always argue whether Jesus drank the wine or not. Oh, yeah. And I was always like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> If he he provide, made more, man. He provides so, 35 gallons of it. I don't care if he's drinking or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that's why I have to go behind that and say, so why would I have the drink? And, and you can give me your input on this. I'm thinking at some point we're trying to detach from two things. Detach from the present in the sense like I don't want to worry about the stuff that's going on in my life, and this will help with that. But more importantly... We're detaching not only from the consequences of a future, but the whole notion of a future. I'm saying, well, I'm going to have a drink. It's going to loosen up some things to where I'm totally okay with what's going on now without being concerned about what's going on in the future. Now, I'm kind of exaggerating this here, but that's to me, was the idea behind it. It's like when you do something that alters your brain, you know, whether it's drugs or alcohol or whatever, it's like... I'm, I'm giving up my humanness in a, st- in a sense to say, well, I want to be more animalistic, to say I want to exist right here, right now, and absorb whatever I can, experience whatever I can, without the concern of the consequences in the future. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to <laughs> ponder that. Okay. Didn't mean to dump all that on you, but it's important to me to go back to more of an of a origin. Yeah, I'll comment on that once I've had time to process it. I have all, I mean, I... Dude, I got a stressful job. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it is mm-hmm. nice to just yeah. turn it help turn it off a little bit yeah. to you know because I don't want to come home and be disconnected from you know my spouse, my kids mm-hmm. and and it's like 
when I'm in session back to back to back to back to back, and I don't really have a significant downtime, you know, I don't, I don't want to go to the gym for an hour. I don't want to, you know, it's like, so having a drink just, yeah. And, and some of it's the ritual of the drink. Oh, absolutely. Putting the fucking ice <laughs> in the glass, yeah. bro. Yeah. And then pouring that bourbon over that ice. I mean, that whole little ritual, <laughs> it's just like Zen. Yeah. Yeah. And again, going back to, cause I hold myself to the same standard. It's like, is there an impairment? Am I mm. somehow impairing myself? Right. Okay. Right. Well, I don't, I don't have any health problems as a result of it. I mean, I'm, Probably drop some weight if I stop drinking. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. But, hey, I'm vain to a point, but not that vain, I guess. You know, I don't have any relational problems right, because right. of it. I don't. I don't have any. I. You know, my work requires a lot of me, mm-hmm. and I'm still performing my work. Yeah. I, I don't have any legal problems that have ever been associated with it. Right. So it's. It's like as I look through these like levels of impairment, I don't have one that says I have a drinking problem. Okay. And, you know, if somebody said, Jeff, you have a drinking problem, I would certainly say, okay, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm open to the discussion. Yeah, you would be that way. I get that. Yeah. But a couple of things that I use as just some rules of thumb, okay? And, and what I, the way that I understand an alcoholic, and this is the world according to Jeff. So mm-hmm. if other therapists that might be listening, anybody that wants to give me feedback on this, um, totally cool with that. But what I understand when, when an alcoholic is truly an alcoholic is when they believe that alcohol is what helps them deal with their problems, oh, wow. yeah. not the cause of their problems. Okay. And they have obvious impairment, yeah, right? Yeah. Their, their performance at work is suffering. Mm-hmm. Their connection with their children is suffering. Their connection with their spouse is suffering. Mm -hmm. They're in more social isolation. And it's like when you can, in my experience, when I confront an alcoholic, it's like, uh, your kids are acting like that because you're (laughs) drunk all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Your wife's upset, not because she's a bitch, but because you're drunk all the time. Your boss is on your ass because you barely get to work on time and you're non-functional when you get there. And then the alcoholic will say, are you fucking kidding me? I couldn't deal with those little fucking kids if I didn't drink. My wife is on my ass all the fucking time and that boss of mine. And fuck, man, if I didn't have alcohol, I think I'd lose my line, lose my mind. And it's that saying from AA, which I love, which is when everybody else is the problem, you're the fucking problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that, that's always been my orientation is uh, that shift in thinking that drinking more is the solution to my problems, not the cause of my problems. Yeah. And the, the other piece is that <laughs> this is how you know you have a drinking problem. This is non-scientific, but I'm going to assert it as if it's like some sort of gospel truth. Okay. When you're asked the question, could you stop drinking? And your answer is, if I wanted to, Mm -hmm. you have a drinking problem. Wow. Okay. (laughs) 
That is fucking, you have a drinking problem. And that is, man, I, I get that answer. Like, so me, well, you know, cause it's like, even when somebody comes in, it's like, well, I, fuck, I don't know if you have a drink problem or not. Here's a, here's a, here's a way that we can start. Can you stop? And I, I do, is it dry January or dry December? January, I think dry January. Like I just, it's just a good reset. I mean, I, I do a lot of resetting in the month of January, but I don't drink and it's the benefits of it are remarkable. Mm -hmm. So I have to drink the other 11 months. (laughs) Okay. So I get that remarkable benefit. Okay. See, I may have a drinking problem. We can talk more (laughs) about that later, but when somebody says, so you'll say, well, you know, and it's just a rule of thumb, right? 30 days. That's like mm-hmm. just some sort of rule of thumb. Why don't, why don't you go without drinking for 30 days? Mm-hmm. I mean, I could if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you got a problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Because, because the person that is, that wants to be mindful, that wants to be, you know, healthy about their drinking is going to want to know. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, fuck. I don't want to have a drinking problem. Yeah. And if going thirty days without drinking is a litmus is, and I'm not yeah. saying it's like gospel, right? But it's yeah. just a good litmus test to yeah, say yeah. if you can do something for thirty days, that's a pretty good mark. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm not gonna, I know, I'm not gonna get into latency of addiction and all of those kinds of things. I'm just saying, as an initial measure, let's just give it thirty days. And let's see if you can go 30 days and let's see how difficult that is. Yeah. And I just think that's a good, you know, if anybody's listening and they're wondering and like, you know, is there, you know, do I have a drinking problem? Do I, those kinds of things. There's a good measure for oh, it. That's, that's good. That's good. And asking people, like I ask some people, does my drinking give you any cause for concern? Mm-hmm. Like, have I ever, you know, is there, and I had a buddy of mine that, uh, it's been a couple years ago, but he, I mean, he's like, dude, I'm, I mean, I, you know, me, I like to drink with you, but bro, you're on a pace that I've not seen you on before. And I had to take a look at it. And it was mm-hmm. like, cause I had some stress that I wasn't dealing with. Right. Right. And rather than dealing with it the way that I needed to, one drink just became two drinks or three drinks. And I had some fucking rational, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it was like, damn, thanks dude. Cause that I, I needed that because I needed, I mean, for a lot of different reasons, but I needed to man up and confront the thing that I was not confronting. Right. 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 And, uh, man, something you brought, brought up about, um, the, uh, impediment impairment impairment. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just start. Oh, that, that word's one. better though. What was, what did you, what, <laughs> Im- impediment Im- impediment? Yeah. Cool. Let's stick with that word. Okay, we'll go with that one. Impediment. <laughs> so uh, to so, impede. So now I see where but you. That's w- necessarily like with a walking situation, right? Well, Head. Anyway, let's stick with it. Impediment. Go, go. <laughs> now you're throwing me off. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Uh, so now I know why you would tell me, uh, Greg, you're not an alcoholic because I didn't have. Now I can't even say either word, an impairment or impediment to anything that you could see that I was trying to uh, to progress in, you know, some achievement that was getting. Uh, and I wouldn't, and, and I would now, please understand, I would I got to fix that. 
Okay. I mean, because I want to make that point, but like, well, there was no point. There, it so. was a point. I'm saying you did not make a point. I know. I, I just get stuck on that word now. <laughs> Impairment. I, I can still. Okay, I work with that one. So he's now Cajun, Greg. <laughs> so on the I, you. So I see now why you would say that my life wasn't impaired by how I would have described the, the drinking um, element, you know, but. Here, here's the part that was, and here's the thing I like to bring up to, to our listeners, is it may not be something obvious like uh, a, a problem with my relationship with wife or kids or my job or, or something obvious like that, but where the problem I was having was that I wanted to act a certain way. And at the time, I was like, I want to be an ambassador for Christ. And when I'm drinking, I'm not that. And so that might be subtle in, in some sense, but for me, it's like that's enough of a reason to say, well, I'm not going to do this. So to me, it was a big impairment. But, you know, from the rest of the observing world, they'd say, well, you know, you're, you're fine. You know, you can have a drink here or there. Well, and that's where I would go back to. It's personal responsibility. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you got to deal with yourself, and you did. Yeah. And I want to be very clear. I'm, I'm not fucking around with your sobriety. I'm not like, hey, Greg, you're you're not an alcoholic. Let's go get fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Your, your lifestyle is your lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. And you just, <laughs> you gotta, if you're going to throw around the alcoholic term, dude, you gotta, <laughs> now to your defense, you did get arrested and you could argue with me <laughs> that legal issues did impair. So, yeah, and that's like, that's true. That's cool. And I don't, I, I, I it, it does not matter to me if someone says they're an alcoholic and that's the path that's working for them. Cool. I mean, that's just, that's fine. Yeah. There, there seems to be, I, I've had a, shall we say a precarious relationship mm -hmm. with AA mm -hmm. and Initially, I kind of, I, I think the pendulum swung too, too strongly. And I'm, these, these are my own, I, this, these are not things that I told people. These are just things I had to work out in my own head. But it mm -hmm. was like, to me, the game felt rigged. It was like, hi, I'm Jeff. I'm an alcoholic. And if mm -hmm. I wasn't willing to say that, then I was in denial. And it's like, well, I mean, fucking come on. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like, that seems like a dangerous game. Yeah, like I yeah. have to, you know, it's like that old question, like, Hey Greg, have you stopped beating your wife? Right, it's like, right. we, no, yeah, yeah. no, yeah. <laughs> I don't beat my wife. What are you talking about? <laughs> so it was like, and, and as part of our training, we had to go to AA meetings and dude, I'll tell you a good AA meeting. Mm -hmm. That shit's some fucking gospel right mm -hmm. there. Absolutely. I mean, when you have people, that are and especially a group that's really formed mm -hmm. and and they're kind of going a little bit beyond just the drinking but you're and they're talking i mean they're just revealing each other to each yeah, other yeah. and the support that they give each other mm -hmm. like dude fucking all day every day mm -hmm. except i'd probably have stopped drinking now can you drink and <laughs> continuously go because then that's going to put, you know, that's going to create yeah. cognitive dissonance for me because yeah. it's like, yeah. <laughs> so Jeff, have you admitted that you're an alcoholic yet? No, not yet. Yeah, I, I see But you did one there. time try to trade some of your chips in for a drink. Yeah. Am I remembering that correctly? Right. At, at my 20-year uh, chip, uh, I... I <laughs> 
I was with some people, and uh, they were having pina coladas out by the pool. And I'm thinking, man, I'd like one of those. So I called my sponsor and said, hey, can I trade in my 20-year chip for two tins and use one of the tins for a drink? And uh, so, yeah, he was uh, he was at the pool within 15 minutes. <laughs> now, were you serious no, or were you just fucking I, with him? I wasn't serious. I really wanted one. Right, I understand. But I, I didn't need it bad enough to... <laughs> to I was going to say, man, if you're going to change... If I'm going to trade 10 years of sobriety, fucking <laughs> pina colada? I know. Wait, wait, yeah, you made the right choice. I mean, if yeah. you were going to like, I mean, like a good old fashioned, I'd have I said, know. oh, dude, that's worth 10 yeah. years of sobriety. Well, <laughs> now, the, you know, I was dragging behind the wagon at one point, like not, I'd kind of fallen off, but, you know, I was still holding on because I, I say this wasn't my fault. So I went to a, uh, a little housewarming party at somebody's house. And they had uh, bourbon balls on the tray to eat. Oh. Now, I, I'm going to go with the story that Those I did. Those things are stoked oh. with bourbon. Well, and then I found out later they had made them the prior Christmas. So this was in the summer and frozen <laughs> them. So they just got more potent, you know, and then they take them out. So they're still a little chilled. So I'm going with the story that I didn't know they were bourbon balls. How <laughs> I many did you eat? Well, here's the thing. So I took two of them, you know, along with everything else, you know, and then I said, oh, that is good. So at that point, I have to admit, I knew they were bourbon. So my next line of reason was, well, it ain't that much bourbon. It's just the smell. Right. So I go over and, and it get, cooks out, right? It must it, cook out. Yeah. So I get two more. And then, <laughs> then I, I, I ate those two, and I'm, I'm starting to insult one of the guys that owns the house. <laughs> And then I go, oh man, I better, I better quit talking to people. So I go back over. There's eight bourbon balls left on the plate. I drag them all into my plate. <laughs> I eat all eight of them, and now I'm insulting neighbors because this was like a little neighborhood gathering. And and I'm thinking in a funny way. I'm sure it was funny, but or I think it was funny. But uh, <laughs> no, there's a difference there okay, between yeah. it being funny and you thinking it's funny because I know your sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'm pretty sure. What are you on? Like 18 bourbon balls at <laughs> well, that point? I think it was 12, and they were they were small and they were coated with sugar. I mean, I've got all kind of reasons why it's good. It's okay. Rationalization there. Yeah. So finally, I'm standing by the door, and, and one gal she walked out, and so I look back at the owner of the house. And, and I'd been talking to this gal for 20 minutes and insulting her as we went at whatever was socially the thing to do. And so I, I looked at my neighbor and I said, who was that? <laughs> and he goes, are you okay? He goes, your ears are red. <laughs> I said, I think I'm going home. So I, I walked home and slept it off. And I, I told Mary, I said, I, it was just bourbon balls. You know, I said, but you need to clean up the relationships with our friends here. So wow, that's that's tough because you ate two and then you know that's you the knew. thing, yeah. So you were culpable at that point, absolutely. That, and that's what confirms the fact that I've got this kind of a problem. So if I would do that with the bourbon ball, imagine what I would do with a with a drink, you know? Yeah, but uh, but there's also like the forbidden fruit phenomenon, right? You ever seen that movie Chocolat by uh, oh, yeah. with Johnny Depp in it? Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I've, oh man, it's a fucking fantastic movie, and it's like. It's like the the rigidity and the dogma of religion, and then this these I, I believe they're gypsies come to town, and this woman I don't know if they're related. The woman comes to town. She's not with Johnny Depp's with the gypsies, and then this woman I wish I could remember her name because she's 
fucking yeah, beautiful. Right? Yeah. Just beautiful. Anyway, she makes all of this wonderful chocolate. And there's this religious figure. And there's all this tension. And then one day, he has broken into the window, the storefront. And he's just <laughs> devouring chocolate. It's like a chocolate orgy. Yeah. And then he just passes out. Uh-huh. And then she comes and finds him and she like helps him out of the window and like ushers him off like before anybody sees him mm-hmm. and there's there's no judgment there's no it's just mm-hmm. this beautiful little scene and i think she even gives him like a little to go bag or something oh, no. it's fucking beautiful uh-huh. anyway the point being yeah. like that for, forbidden fruit phenomenon and that's one of the things that i find interesting about our country is you know in most countries the drinking age is younger if if not even really there Mm -hmm. you know it's like alcohol is introduced to kids just appropriately just over time Mm -hmm. and it astounds me because when your child your children turn 16 did you just hand them car keys and say, <laughs> no. hope it goes well for you? <laughs> right. Good luck. No, because a car is lethal. Mm-hmm. So you you teach them over time and with very conscious instruction how to manage this lethal thing. Mm-hmm. And then eventually they earn the privilege of operating the car on their own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But our attitude is, and again, alcohol is lethal, but we just let them turn 21 and then it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. I guess you can drink now. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, what? Like, yeah. what? Anyway, that's another podcast. We'll talk about my parenting techniques, which probably aren't <laughs> the best. But uh, anyway. You've done a great job. Thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate that. My son just went off to college, and I'm sad. Oh yeah, and he's not even that far away. Like he's <laughs> he decided to stay close to home, which I was so thankful for. Yeah, but it's just like, you know, when he's an 18 year old kid, so yeah. it's not like we're bonded. But just when he's other in the other room and he's like playing Xbox and mm-hmm. screaming like "fucker, what'd you do? Like you shoot me in the back, whatever." Bring me a beer, Dad. Yeah, right. Like they're stressing <laughs> me out. Um, which that's not too far from reality. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then my middle just got, she just got a big girl job. So she's about to move off to Chicago. Parenting sucks, man. Pour yourself into them. And they're like, bye. And then they're going to go fall in love. Mm -hmm. And then they're, whoever they're in love with, is going to talk about how much of an idiot I am. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to be like, Dad, you wounded me. We're going to have to find a better ending to that. It was all going well, you know, because you Sorry, prepared man. him. You got me the- into my emotions there. <laughs> now I'm going to have to go drink. Well, it's early enough in the morning to get a good start. Cool. You know what they say? In Key West, they say, can't drink all day. You don't start first thing in the morning. Okay. Should we end on that? Well, <laughs> I, the point that I, that I want to end on is that there is no one-size-fits-all. Your relationship with everything in the material world, but including alcohol, is your responsibility. And you have to take responsibility for that. Mm -hmm. And with alcohol, I like to drink, man. I just like to drink. It doesn't fuck up my life. It doesn't. The people that are around me 
mostly drink. Not everybody. I mean, you don't, <laughs> and it does not affect our relationship. Right. I'm not, you, you know, when you and I hang out, I'm not like, Greg, this really sucks. Why Nor do I get fucked up and like, hey, Greg, you know, it's just, it's just not a factor. And, and so I'm comfortable with my relationship with alcohol, but I also understand that it, you know, it's alcohol. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I have to put some things in place yeah. that, that maintain a proper perspective. One, how's my liver holding up? Yeah. You know, yeah. that's, if my liver's okay, <laughs> then I'm like, well, fuck the rest of you. Cause liver <laughs> says I'm not drinking too much. Uh, I'm not sure that's the best rule of thumb. Uh, but you just have to take personal responsibility for yeah, it. Absolutely. You have to be willing to look at it. And if you don't have a problem, you don't have a problem. Cool. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. let's, you know, yeah. let's pour one. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't have any better advice than if you're all, if you are to that place where you think alcohol solves my problems mm-hmm. and you have impairment, mm-hmm. you got a problem. Yeah. And if someone asks you, can you stop drinking? And your response is, if I wanted to, you probably got a problem. Mm-hmm. And go get your liver functioning checked. Mm-hmm. Make sure that your your liver's mm-hmm. doing okay. Yeah. And if anybody has any questions or comments, you yeah. know, they can Especially leave Especially comments, in. man. Give me your feedback. Yeah. We want to know what you guys are thinking. Facebook at Becoming Man Made Today. And um, also give us five stars for the podcast. Subscribe. Yeah, you should if you're not. Yeah. It's disappointing, man. Here we are. <laughs> man giving, up. Giving, giving, giving. And we ask so little <laughs> in return. Just give us the fucking five stars. Sorry, I might have come in a little hot on that one. Yeah, that's okay. Well, at least we rounded the turn and, and uh, we're finished. That's right, man. <laughs> it's Friday, so it's All five right. o'clock somewhere. All right. Well, thank you, Jeff. All right, man. See you next time. All right. Bye. Man made.